Football fans, far and wide, welcome back to the Football v. Football podcast. This is the NFL Divisional Championship Round Recap. The four best games of the year, or at least that's what it was billed to be. Did it live up to that billing? We're going to go ahead and hop right in. But before we get started, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, leave a like, comment, subscribe, uh, share. And if you are listening on a podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe and leave a rating there. But we'll go ahead and jump into the first game of the week. Kansas City Chiefs beating the Jacksonville Jaguars, the upstart Jaguars, 27-20. to The story of this one, Patrick Mahomes uh, got a bad-looking injury really early in the game here where he got his knee bent and there, there was almost a full weight of the uh, defender that landed on him. And he ended up staying in the game to finish the drive somehow. But he was fully limping around. I mean, this looked really bad. He, <laughs> This guy was a maniac, essentially yelling at his coaches to stay in. And he gained my respect um, given his toughness. I mean, looking at that injury and... He did not look good at all, and you you parallel this to uh, or compare it to a lot of the um, uh, injuries that we see in English football and, and their reluctance to stay in or they stay down, barely getting touched. Just such different games, and I hope the other football catches up somehow. Um, there's just a, a respect you gain from somebody um, when they do something like this, when they when they play through the pain and and, and do it for their for their teammates. Uh, so I really respected him for that. Uh, but, you know, the coaches did put Chad Henney, his backup, into this game for a couple drives, and he threw seven passes, including one touchdown, which was uh, which was the point difference in the game, you know, and it really proves the importance of having a quality backup uh, and quality backups in general, quality depth. Isaiah Pacheco was absolutely electric in this game, 101 total yards on only 13 touches. I mean, Andy Reid, do you need any more evidence to play your rookies early? I mean, I, I think you could have gotten a lot more out of him, saved some, um, you know, some some of these close games that you had, the close games to the, close game to the Texans, losing to the Colts. This guy, Andy Reid, notoriously doesn't like to play rookies. He didn't play this guy early, um, but he is hitting his stride now. He is the best running back on this team. That's very clear. And Travis Kelsey, 14 catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns, continues to uh, chug along, being very, very valuable to this team. On the defensive end for the Chiefs, Frank Clark was disruptive as a pass rusher. Uh, Two tackles for loss, one sack. One pass defense, one QB hit, uh, one pick. Um, and Harrison Butker. Uh, this guy has redeemed himself uh, as a kicker. He looked completely out of it uh, earlier in the season. And he went 5 for 5 in this game, including a 50-yarder. As for the Jaguars, got to give kudos to them. Uh, had an all-around balanced performance. Uh, played above their skill uh, skill level team wise all year and in this game as well overperformed kept this game close and competitive Trevor Lawrence has received a lot of praise over the past month or so and 
I think while he has elevated himself uh, from you know near the bottom of the league, which he was last year, I'm seeing some folks give him a, a top five QB ranking, uh, and I just don't see that yet. Uh, he still makes quite a few mistakes, um, five touchdowns and five interceptions in the playoffs. So once he's able to uh, uh, balance that out a little bit more to um, throw more touchdowns than, than interceptions, um, I think they he, he has a pretty high ceiling. So once he's able to, uh, to correct that, I think he'll be okay. Their offense, very well balanced overall, as I've been saying all year, very complimentary. Um, you know the names. I mean, Etienne, um, Hasty as the, as the running backs, and and the Joneses, and, and and Ingram and Kirk, just great, just very all very good. You know, not not there isn't a weak point. None of them are exceptional, but none of them are are bad. And Jamal Agnew, their kick returner. Uh, he is an upper echelon kick returner. He had 131 yards on uh, three returns, including a 63-yarder, but had a costly, costly fumble that was pretty much the difference in this game. And the last thing I'll I'll shout out, the last person I'll shout out is Alua Khan on the Jags defense. This guy, every time I see their their box score, this guy's racking up double-digit tackles and and you know some QB hits every game. Uh, seems they have a promising future uh, as they continue to grow. Many youngsters on this team, but the Chiefs headed back to the AFC Championship game. That's five straight now. Um, unbelievable run by Mahomes and Reed here, and they earned a home game instead of having to to play in Atlanta because of uh, what happened in the uh, in the uh, the later games here. So we'll move on to to um, uh, the other uh, or, or the first NFC. Uh, divisional championship game here. Philadelphia Eagles beating the New York Jets 38-7. This game to me seemed ripe for an upset because the Eagles limped to the finish line, losing two of their last three games to end the season. And their only win coming in a 22-16 game, playing against the third stringers of these Giants with the Eagles playing with their starters desperately trying to salvage their division and the number one seed which they barely did in a six-point win. Then the rust of first-round bye, which sometimes you know, manifests itself, and uh, Jalen Hurts being injured, and um, boy, was I wrong. Uh, the Eagles put on their, their best display in, in this one. They went up uh, 28 to nothing at halftime, and the Giants couldn't pull a Jaguars and mount um, any kind of a comeback because... The Eagles were more intelligent than the Chargers were. Uh, they ran the ball uh, in the second half, and um, they scored a rushing touchdown with, uh, uh, I believe, Boston Scott or, Ke- or Kenneth Gainwell. Nick Sirianni was hype during this game, yelling at officials and gloating in front of, front of cameras. He's, uh, he's really come a long way since that awkward initial press conference. And uh, the Eagles, you know, they're kind of uh, strategy on defense was keying in on stopping the Giants. Um, you know, their their best offensive weapons, essentially. Uh, Daniel Jones, um, preventing him from doing anything as a passer or a runner, which he is very dangerous as. Darius Slayton, their best receiver, only had one catch for four yards on five targets. They did a great job on him. But big picture, the fact that Saquon Barkley, stayed healthy for the entire season is a big win 
in and of itself. So kudos to that uh, giant staff for uh, allowing him to, to stay healthy here the entire season. Never thought I'd see the day. The Eagles on offense, very efficient, ran the ball down the Giants' throats for 268 yards. As I mentioned, Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders combined for over 200 yards. They kept taking advantage of the Giants not covering the tight end. I saw Goddard several catch, five big catches. Um, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith also had big catches. I think they both combined for 10. The Eagles' defense, very balanced. Um, a very balanced attack on the quarterback here. Eight total QB hits, five sacks. Hassan Reddick, uh, uh, three of those QB hits. And no one on the team had more than five tackles, so it was just extremely well-balanced. This team is is dangerous. But the Giants can be proud to, to have overperformed um, in this way relative to expectations, and I think they probably had the most wins relative to what they were expected to, uh, maybe them and the Seahawks. And in my opinion, Brian Dable has to be the coach of the year since really if you're looking at some of the metrics, the most important metrics in engaging what a coach of the year should be, um, wins above expectation and essentially coaching up your team uh, above their talent level should be really one of the most important metrics here. So I think he is a, he's a very strong candidate, if not the best candidate here. And, um, you know, the Eagles looking scary going into the NFC title game. And we'll see who their opponent is a little bit later on. We'll move now to... The first Sunday game, the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Buffalo Bills 27-10. The Bills at home with DeMar Hamlin there to inspire them in what seemed like what was destined to be their year. High-powered offense all year, only managed a meager one-yard Josh Allen touchdown run and a field goal, and that was it for their offense. Stephon Diggs was caught screaming on the sideline. At Josh Allen, mind you, uh, and left the stadium right after the game. After the game, he also expressed on Twitter that he is not going to accept losing. So he he stood resolute in the fact that he was angry and that he left early. And this guy has had some heartbreaking losses in the playoffs, uh, both with Buffalo and Minnesota. I remember just there was visuals of him watching a lot of the uh, the parades in, in uh, AFC and NFC championship games. He tends to stay out there and, and, and watch them to be motivated, but it just continues to happen. And, you know, as a receiver, there's only so much that he can do. He's, he's very, very skilled, but as a receiver, you really are completely reliant on the quarterback. So I don't completely blame him for being frustrated. Um, Josh Allen had another pick in this game. Zero touchdowns thrown, one one interception. It's a really bad part of his game that he just can't can't seem to shake. And the Bills just had a pathetic run game going. Um, not getting James Cook involved uh, nearly enough. Only five touches. Um, they absolutely need to to use him more next year. That's the, there's no doubt about that. I think they underused him this year. They need to, to use him a lot more next year. Um, for the Bills defense, I got to give credit to Matt Milano here. He had 10 tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, a pass defense, and a QB hit. But it wasn't enough because Joe Burrow is, as they say, that dude. He is him. This guy is unfazed by the big moment. 
he showed you know showed it at LSU, and many times that doesn't translate to the pros. But for him, this is twice now in three years that he's exceeded expectations to reach the AFC Championship. And in his rookie year, perhaps the only reason why he didn't is because he had a terrible regular season injury. So who knows what would happen if he didn't get injured there. The Bengals, well-balanced offense. Joe Mixon, 123 total yards. Jamar Chase, Hayden Hurst, Samaj Piran, T. Higgins. A lot of scary weapons. And the Bengals' defense, incredible performance here. Eight passes defense, eight QB hits. Just a ton of pressure on this team. Playing in Buffalo, in the elements, in the snow. Really impressive. But huge disappointment at the end of the day for the Buffalo Bills here who continue their tenure as a tortured franchise that can't win the big one. And meanwhile, the Bengals just keep winning and beating the odds. You know, fighting adversity, despite uh, losing a chance to get a higher seed and threatened with a wild card road game and many things just kind of working against them. But it doesn't matter who they get it done. Moving on now to the final game of the weekend. The San Francisco 49ers beating the Dallas Cowboys 19-12. to What a game here. But the big takeaway from this one, given the historic spotlight, and this is nothing uh, uh, that's going to be surprising, criticizing the play of the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, you know, Dak, two big interceptions while... You know, especially when you show it relative to to Brock Purdy, who, despite being a rookie, had no picks, no turnovers, kept them in there. Doesn't make a mistake that can take your team out of the game. And for Dak, all season, his Achilles heel his Achilles heel has been this anticipation throw that he makes that result in interceptions. To me, he just he doesn't seem to move to another read or run or take a sack or throw it away when the guy he locks in on has a, a low percentage of making the reception. And a lot of times they play zone defense against him, and he just doesn't see where the other guy is coming from, and, and, and they, they take the ball. And So that has to be corrected. Um, I, I know that's going to be a big point of emphasis. I think even the Dallas Cowboys official Twitter page came out and said, uh, Dak threw those two picks, and if not, we could have won this game. So I'm sure he'll he'll work on it in this off season. I have some cowboy, you know, I, well, Naif, uh, you know, talks about how this is a make or break year for Dak. He has to uh, clean a lot of this stuff up, and um, and I would agree because he, I mean, Dak's a tremendous player. Last just last week, he had counted for five total touchdowns. I mean, his highs are very high, but. Uh, uh, this interception thing, similar to Josh Allen, um, can can be really bad if if he continues to do it. So, another point here: Tony Pollard got injured in the first half. That was a huge, huge blow to them. He ended up breaking his fibula, a bad injury, and you know any hope of a comeback uh, was was kind of dashed by his injury here. Um, I think it's only a three month injury, so he will be back by by training camp. But, you know, in my estimation, he is the best skilled player on that Cowboys offense. So that was a huge blow to them. Uh, kind of underrated. I, I don't think a lot of people 
kind of talked about how important his um, how critical his his uh, loss was to uh, uh, to them in the second half and the curious case of Diamador Lenore, the Niners defensive back. This guy he gives up a ton of yards. C.D. Lamb had ten catches, one hundred and seventeen yards. And last week he gave up ten catches and 130 yards to DK and two touchdowns. But and you know he, he's the only glaring weak. When you look at this Niners defense, they don't have many weaknesses at all. But he is the only glaring weakness on this team, given how many yards he gives up. But yet again, for a straight second straight game, he gets an interception. And I think to myself, maybe this is all calculated. Maybe it's a rope a dope. Uh, maybe he's baiting these quarterbacks in. <laughs> To throwing the ball so much and then strikes and gets them, it's just it's wild and uh, it's working out for them somehow. That even the worst player on their defense um, is leading them in turnovers. So for the the Cowboys defense, uh, Demarcus Lawrence was I think the only real difference maker uh, on this um, on this defense. Six tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, and two QB hits. And because he was the only one. We look at Micah, who just didn't play up to his high level. His level is a lot higher than what he showed in this game. And uh, Brett Maher uh, missed another extra point to start the game. That's uh, five missed extra points in these two playoff games. And I thought that had a bigger impact. Also, similar to the Pollard uh, injury, uh, a bigger impact on this game than a lot of people had initially uh, perceived, given it was ultimately a seven-point a difference in this game and you know when you are uh, up six nothing instead of seven nothing you you know you talk more about the other teams you know kicking field goals or you know what kind of dis- every score in the game um, is uh, makes it so the decision for the other team is dictated by whatever that score is so when you don't take a gimme like that and make it seven instead of six it really kind of changes the the flow of the game and the decisions the other team makes. Um, and, you know, the Niners' offense actually was contained uh, largely uh, in, in the run game. You know, McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell combined for, I believe it was, it was 80-something yards, maybe 86 yards total. You know, you got to give big kudos to the Dallas defense there um, for, for containing them. I mean, these are, you know, that... Typically, the, 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 the Niners' uh, running attack is a well-oiled machine, and they kept them in check. But it was George Kittle that killed them in this game with 95 yards, including several big first-down catches that really killed them, killed morale for them. And I would say as an overall point, covering the tight end has got to be a bigger focus for defenses as they continue to evolve because just this weekend, as you look around the league, Travis Kelsey, how big of an uh, impact he had, Dallas Goddard, uh, Hayden Hurst, Dawson Knox, uh, and Kittle, and, and even Dalton Schultz, uh, who at the end of this game um, had, an, had a chance to set up uh, a, a much better uh, final play for them, uh, Hail Mary. Instead, they had to uh, do that uh, Stanford Cal uh, band uh, uh, lateral uh, play, which ended up going nowhere. Those Hail Marys are all, always have a better chance of, of uh, working out. But Schultz didn't get his, his feet in, in bounds where and nobody else was around him. He very easily could have done that. I digress there. But all these guys played a huge role. Schultz did catch a touchdown. Um, so, 
you know, a lot of these guys, they play huge roles in these games, and they're mostly uh, left wide open. It's, it's, it's something that defenses don't, in a fundamental way, scheme for. And I think part of their evolution is that they're going to have to because tight ends are getting better. Ray Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod uh, fumbled a punt return uh, for the Niners and almost became the lowercase goat in this game. But he was saved by uh, a stout Niners defense who only allowed 12 points at the end of the day. So the broader point here, Dallas. Dallas is a great team. They just need Dak to take the next step in his evolution of avoiding turnovers. And like I said, I'm sure he'll work on it this offseason. And the Niners, on the other hand, they just seem destined for a Super Bowl. If I'm being completely honest, I don't want it to happen. I, I, I don't want to hear about the Niners winning whatever would it be their seventh or so. Uh, but it just seems like they have some magic. I'll be rooting against them. I'm, I'm sorry. I am a Seahawks supporter. I will be rooting against them, but I just see top to bottom. I don't, I don't really see any, any weaknesses. And up until this playoffs, it was Lenore and he has two interceptions in two games. I, I I hate to admit it, um, and the fact that that Brock Purdy isn't throwing picks or fumbling, isn't turning the ball over as a rookie, as Mister Irrelevant, especially against playing against this elite defense in the Cowboys. You know that's just kind of the cherry on top of of, of how consistently elite this team has been all year and and continues to be. So. I think this is going to set up for a great, great championship, uh, uh, AFC championship and NFC championship weekend. You got the Eagles against the uh, the Niners, juggernauts, and the Chiefs versus the Bengals. You know, um, and you as you look back overall, the results ended up being mostly chalk. Uh, outside the the Bengals here, I thought it was going to be the Giants, but you know, the the Bengals. You can't even really say it's uh, chalk at this point because now they're proving to be to be winners and they may be headed to back-to-back Super Bowls. So this team uh, may be shedding their their reputation as the bungholes and the uh, you know the uh, just a uh, like a terrible franchise. You know it's it may happen for them this year too. You know I'll save my predictions for the pick'em, but um, I think it's going to be a wild Super Bowl. So um, really looking forward to the, uh, to the games uh, next week here in the um, AFC and NFC uh, championship weekends, the penultimate weekend for the, the NFL, the semifinal. I think it's going to – I'm really excited for both. I think that no team slipped in here. I think these are the four juggernauts that were supposed to be here, and I'm sure everyone's looking forward to those games. So that'll bring this podcast to a close. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Football v. Football podcast. As I mentioned to start the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead, give us a like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and then engage as well. Leave a comment, share the, the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, one of the 10 that we're on, go ahead and subscribe there and, and leave us a rating. Five-star rating would be greatly appreciated. And if you're on Twitter or Instagram, follow us on there as well. We've got a lot of good content. That's where we share all our stuff. And 
um, occasionally I'll, I'll post reels and, and stuff like that and, and engage on those uh, on those platforms. So thank you guys again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a fantastic day, football fans.